Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're going to be talking about Knock Knock, the latest episode of Doctor Who. Um, I don't know, you look like you might have wanted to say something, Adam, so I, did you... Um, no, no. Oh, okay. I was, just, right. I was taking my deep breath and mentally preparing myself for oh, my introduction, but you've blown it now. Oh, you've like okay. totally thrown me off my game. <laughs> uh, uh, well, right. we'll, we'll, we'll carry so, on. So we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll move forward with the discombobulated Adam. <laughs> And um, so before we start, I realized I had a somewhat strong reaction to this episode. And because of that, I'm going to write down in front of you my reaction so that whatever you have to say doesn't deter me from saying what I have to say about it. So that I'm not, my, my, oh. my position isn't softened. Um, so if my pen will just work. Um, oh, this is taking longer than I thought it was going to take. <laughs> Okay. You are you're, you're you're writing down your opinion here. I'm writing down my opinion so that okay. so that uh, so that it's set in stone. And if you go radically one way or the other, my position cannot shift from that. So so, right. so what did you think of the episode? Man, I, this is what I got mixed feelings about. There's a lot of a lot of things I can nitpick on this episode. A lot, but you know, I mean, to start with the positive, I liked the overall atmosphere of the episode. That was good, and I I liked David Suchet as an actor. He was a fantastic villain. It took but... me a while to figure out that that was him. By the way, me too. Yeah. Me too. I was like, oh crap, it's Perot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I just totally didn't even realize who I was. I mean, he was, you know, immediately like, wow, this is a creepy dude. But. Yeah, I was like, there's something about that guy's face. Like, why is that face bugging me so much? Like, what's going on? And it was the recognition, you know, but he's like, he's so much older now, so. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, that was, that. you know, he was fantastic in it. So, like, there's, there's a lot of things I liked about it, but the plot just didn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Now, what, were you, just, what were your criticisms of the plot? What were the uh, aspects of the plot that didn't work for you? Um, I mean, you know, okay, so if we're, you know, not going chronologically through the episode, but through the events, it's like, okay, this kid finds these bugs and takes them into his mom, and then it turns her into wood for some reason, and then that keep, which keeps her alive, but then they decide they need to kill people and feed them to the bugs. It's like... How do, I don't even understand what happened there, you know? It's just... That's you know what's funny? So, so you know, my, my, my reaction was I really liked this episode, but I had um, – I couldn't – it was taken too long, so I didn't get the whole thing out. But I had a minor quibble, uh, mainly yeah. about the ending. But I, I, I have to agree – even though I liked the episode a lot, I do have to agree with that point because I did find myself, like, saying, wait a second, how is that working? Wait a second, how is this working? Wait, why – why is he killing them necessarily? Like, like I'm sure that there were, I'm sure there were explanations. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there could but, be, but yeah. we didn't get them, and I felt like they were maybe needed. So I, I, I agree with you. Like, like I don't know if they were edited out for time convenience or if it was just like, well, it's just too much. You know, people will just pick up on it. So don't. But, <laughs> but there were definitely those things where you're like, wait, I don't see how A and B necessarily fit together. One of the yeah. ones that I got hung up on was these people were devoured by the insects. And then they were somehow restored. And so yep. <laughs> I, to me, that was sort of a, I, I felt it would have been better if they were just sucked into the wood and they weren't killed. And then they were released rather than they're devoured, but then they're somehow, because that, I don't know, to me, that gets into slightly more magical type mm-hmm. explanation, not as scientific 
Um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe it's like a matter transporter in Star Trek. I don't know, but like... Yeah, I mean, uh, you can always go magic-y with science fiction, yeah. but it's it's nicer if you can stick a little more to it. But, because, uh, yeah, you know, then you start it, you know, because, well, once again, I, I like the episode. My, my quibbles are all the things you think about after the episode mm-hmm. is over. It's one of those episodes where the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is this is really entertaining. And then afterwards, you're like, you know, I just just running through through my head. So I think I mean I think it was not a perfect episode by any stretch, but for some reason I really liked it. And I think what mm-hmm. I liked about it was the atmosphere, like you were saying that it that it built mm-hmm. on the something about there was like a warm tone to the movie between the wood, the music with the violin, and all that. Like and the 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 subtle i mean it's not anything terribly inventive but the subtle horror of there's just so much wood in this house and that's somehow making me uncomfortable yeah. you know and that and 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 you know you knew even before you go in there's something wrong with the house you know it's a haunted house episode of some kind but just the way they did that it was very claustrophobic i thought it was very effective i like old horror movies so it reminded me yeah. of that um and you know the the problem i did have with the episode it wasn't so much a problem with it it was that you went from this, I thought it had a really well-crafted atmosphere that worked. And then it suddenly shifted at the end with that dryad lady. <laughs> and it was kind of like, well, that's, so that was my quibble in my note. Like the, the shift from, I would have preferred that it stayed that, 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 that atmosphere the whole way through. And I didn't yeah. need the whole thing with the, the son and the mom and all that stuff. I, I liked that there was sort of a tragic sort of backstory to it. I just didn't like the way that they played it out. And I thought that the dryad looked kind of goofy. Um, and it's yeah. Doctor Who, so I don't mind goofy things once in a while, but it was such a creepy episode leading up to that, that it didn't she... fit with the rest of the atmosphere. Well, yeah. You know what it is? And they I mean... gave it a face and somehow that face goofy as it was sort of depleted the, the terror for me, the guy mm-hmm. in the suit, you know, was very, very horrified. You know, he had me on edge all yeah. the whole time. I didn't need to see his mom. You know, they could have still <laughs> had that backstory. I didn't need to necessarily see her. Even if she was just a disembodied voice, I think it would have been more. Effective. Yeah, they could have gone with something creepier for the wood version ever than trying to. They, it's it's kind of the uncanny valley effect where they tried to make the, the, the tree mom too human. And it, it, it wasn't convincingly human and it wasn't inhuman enough. It was just kind of. Yeah, it doesn't entirely work. Yeah, I mean, but, and it uh, would have been fine if the whole episode had been kind of like like that scene. You know what I mean? If it wasn't a yeah. creepy episode, it's just that because it was creepy, and I really felt they did a good job with the mood. Um, that it, uh, I don't know, the, the transition didn't work. I also felt that they should have just killed those kids. That, exactly. Yeah. I was. I was. I've been waiting I was, when you when you talked about the change in mood. I was waiting to jump on that, which is that. Yeah, it's like if you're going to set up this creepy horror, it's not like Doctor Who is ever shy about killing people. It's yeah. like, let's just kill some teenagers here. Come on. <laughs> now, I will say that that ensemble obviously had chemistry. I was, I, I found, I, 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 I sort of found myself thinking before they got devoured and stuff. Like, yeah. You know, if they brought these characters back, I think it would work as sort of mm-hmm. Bill's group of friends. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get many opportunities for it, though, because I think she's leaving at the end of the season. And I, yeah, you know, so exactly. but I could see them kind of being like I was like, oh, I kind of like the dynamic that seems to be at play here. And I can really kind of like everybody seems to have a distinct personality. So it sort of works. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just felt just devour, just, you know, if you're going to if you're going to do horror, 
go all the way. Don't don't do this thing where you kill people and then you just you know you release them at the end. I I, yeah. I, I get that maybe they're maybe playing to a younger audience. They want the they want they want the audience yeah, they, to feel they like killed, it's they okay. killed a little boy last week. So you know <laughs> it's like That's even, true. even pulling that out, they had like that was the that the first victim we saw of that big monster was this little kid. So. Uh, you know, and then having the whole uncomfortable scene of, you know, the other children, you know, who are his friends and everything. So it's like you should have been ready to kill some teenagers. Yeah, I, but, I would uh, agree. I mean, maybe the difference here is the, 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 the people they were killing had longer screen time before they were killed. And then they, you know, maybe, but but, maybe. Uh, but still, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't see why they for this episode, it didn't it didn't make a lot of sense. to. I mean, maybe have some of them survive if you want those characters to stick around. But. Yeah, a mix. You could have saved some. They basically should have said, okay, which of these characters do we want to bring back later in the season and which ones, you know, do we not care about? And just just had a mix of stuff. Because some of them dying, yeah, that would have been fine. But but also the visual, the visual of them being devoured and completely like down to the bone, like just, (laughs) I know. And then and then. And then restored. But then they also did have that whole thing they were saying about they're preserved in the wood. And so, I don't know. I guess if that was literal, I don't know how they're preserving them because they're eating them. So Well, that's the thing, too. It wasn't consistent in the way they were eaten. You know, like Havel, the first one to die, he... He does get sucked into the wood. You know, he, he wasn't oh, the Beatles eating him. He true. just got yeah. pulled into the wood. So bringing him back would have made sense. But the ones that we just saw get slowly chewed down by beetles down to nothing it's like well what's left and maybe it was a case of the special effect they were using wasn't matching what was supposed to be happening like maybe those those bugs were supposed to be drawing them into the waters i don't know but yeah i i i felt that the visually that was just kind of weird and it didn't the two you points might, didn't connect very well for me. You might um, you might be onto something because I'm betting I'm betting the effect of having Havel embedded in that wood and slowly being sucked down was a lot more intricate a special effect than just kind of CGIing someone slowly having their body from top to bottom erased. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> I, yeah, because I guess. I guess I felt like the deaths were hand waved and the restorations were kind of hand waved. It was like so fast. And yeah, I don't like those. You know, on on a dime, this character's dead. And this character's. I, if you're gonna bring somebody back, maybe give it a. I don't know. Just, I know that there was expediency because it's a single episode, and I think also this was an example for me. As my, and again, I like the episode a lot, but I really think that they need to start doing two parters again. I think that that's. Um, I like yeah, this season. That was, last season was fantastic for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this would have been and maybe this wouldn't have been the episode because I have a feeling a lot of people didn't have as positive a reaction as I did to it. But I think this episode would have been stronger overall if it were a two parter, because if you had that gap between the characters dying this episode and coming back next episode, it wouldn't have felt mm-hmm. so rushed in that like as they're leaving the building, the characters are coming back and it's just too much story for that do you know what I mean this isn't Doctor Who yeah. like, it's not an action movie do you know what I mean it's not like a, it, it It needs a little bit more time to rest on that fact that these characters came back um, yeah it would have it would have given more time to introduce the characters too because like you said they, they did make an impact I'm not saying they didn't but it would have been a little more fun to 
you know, given them a little more time before they, you know, because like, you know, the Havel character, I don't even remember if he got any lines before he got <laughs> he got killed. But uh, maybe one or two. No, he was, but, he was uh, the one that got sucked into the wall, right? Yeah, the I one with the he re- must, he was playing the records. I could have sworn he said something, but I don't know. He, yeah, he probably he, said something. He played something. some Bach and then he being, died. Yeah, that, that was another important kind of, thing. About, music was very important in this episode. That was another reason why I liked it. And I liked that, I mean... You look at the you looked at the house and and mm-hmm. it just totally matched the the sound of the of the violin. You know, you get this warm stringed you know instrument that's played on wood, and I thought that to me that greatly contributed to the atmosphere. But also, yeah. they had there was music throughout the episode that wasn't just incidental music; it was music that the characters were hearing. And so I yeah. I, I was kind of wondering, well, that's you know that seems kind of important, but I couldn't really quite. It, it was important because this episode they were they they recorded the whole episode in like through with 3d sound technology for listening to on headphones so i was like listening to it on my my sennheiser just by coincidence i happened to be listening to it on on sennheiser headphones and i found out later that that was the way they recorded it yeah it sounded really good everything was just just engineered so i so i was sitting on my regular tv so you're telling me i missed some of the because the the sound effects on this were like the between the the sound of the wood creaking and the occasional sound of the wind against like the glass of the house it it, you you felt like you were there and yeah and and then and then the way the music sounded going through i felt like i was there listening to the acoustics of the house um Mm -hmm. And so, but but you're saying they didn't do that for the previous episode. This is the first episode. No, they... this was just specifically for this episode. They just went all out with doing this, you know, 3D sound now, technology. What is, okay, so so I used to be a musician, but I have no idea what 3D sound is. I know what 3D images are, but... Oh, it just means that when you're listening to it on headphones, everything very specifically is coming from particular locations oh, around you. Oh, so it's you. like it's like surround sound. It's like that idea. Yeah, like yeah, okay. surround sound would be a good way to put it. But I forget the term. It's not the term they used in the article I read wasn't 3D sound, and it was not okay. surround sound. It was 3D something. The term 3D okay. was in there for the technology they used. Yeah, when I was when I was a teenager, actually, I had like this audiobook version of Stephen King's The Mist. It was kind of like a radio play version of The Mist that was in 3D sound. And it was the same thing. It was like everything was kind of all around you in the story. And, you know, I, I was like really blown away by that as a kid when I listened to it on my Walkman. But uh, but yeah, this was basically that same kind of technology. But, but you basically need a special headset or like a surround sound setup, it sounds Any like. headphone, actually. No, any, any headphone? headphones. Oh, okay. Because, Maybe I'll... You know, back in the 80s, I was just listening to it on my Sony Walkman, and it, it worked fine. And yeah, I mean, I, I have, you know, really nice headphones, but, you know, which I'm not using now, but even, you know, any headphones would work for the technology. Just the better the headphones, obviously, the better it'll okay. sound, but... Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that about that. But you, you could tell the sound was different this episode for sure. I still had some yeah. of those quibbles about the background noise and the dialogue kind of mm, getting muddled the together. Sound, you know, I, I, I bookmarked it and never got to it, but there was there have been people complaining about the audio. Okay. <laughs> on the so, show, even in Britain, there's, it's like, I, I you know, it's, I saw it was like Audio Gate or something with the BBC where people are complaining okay. about how so they must be doing something different, that. and it's, it's a yeah, yeah. It's like it's and like the, the BBC whole thing. Is a, yeah. What was it? The BBC loudness wars. The actors. 
But oh, sorry, go on. What were you saying? Oh no, I was just or saying it's like that whole thing with the loudness wars, where they were, you know, where where the yes, you know. the loudness wars. <laughs> so. But yeah, and the BBC is apparently blaming the actors, saying you know, like millennial actors are too mumbly or something. I don't know. I but, don't. Uh, okay, I, I okay. didn't. I didn't read the article. I call so I complete the, BS yeah. on that because number one, it's not just. <laughs> The millennial actors, it's everybody. I can't it's the mix. It's not I know. the actors. That's that's like the word like like I've never gotten mad at anything the BBC has said in my life, but that's that's like uh that's kind of making me rage because it's very well, disrespectful. Before, before rage, you know, that's that's secondhand. I didn't actually read the article, oh, so I okay. might be getting okay. a I might be getting a secondhand account of someone putting stuff on the BBC as clickbait, and you oh, know, I I, 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 really meant. You know, I it totally slipped my mind. I well, was like, we'll oh, have to try to find that article and link it in the below the podcast. But it's but if, there, if if anybody is blaming the actors, that just doesn't seem like to me. What it looks like is it looks like the mix. It looks like the the background noises are just too close to what the actors, I don't, I don't know how sound engineering works. So I don't know what would cause that, but it, it's very noticeable because I find myself like asking if I need to go and get my ears cleaned or something. Like, it's just like, it's like that level of, I can't hear what I, I know they're speaking and I can hear them speaking, but it's like, it's getting washed out in all the other sounds. Um, yeah. It's it's not like it's not like I've ever had trouble following British accents or anything. So it's not that for me. And yeah, no, and, and we've had two seasons of Capaldi, so it's not like you know, you know. I mean, and I know people yeah. when he first appeared, people kind of complained a little bit, but that's this is a different thing. This is like the volume, not the. It's not like the this how people are saying things. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I remember we were trying. I think I tried to, you know, the Thin Ice was the first one where I really noticed it for sure. And I mean, we were trying to say maybe it was the location and stuff, but this was all internal rooms mostly inside that house, and yeah. it should have it should have been an easy sound location this time. Yeah, we'll have to look up the uh, audio gate thing on the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I may have the details wrong, so you know, what, what we don't 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 raise send angry letters to the BBC yet, unless you check it out. But that's just just what I heard. Now, what but, what, uh, what do you think? I, you might have mentioned this, or it might have been Nick. I, I don't think it was an original thought I had, but um, there was a moment in the episode where he seemed to be doing like a Tom Baker impression when he said "infestation of the Daleks." And it was kind of sounded oh, like the title was of the, like an old Doctor Who. Well, I yeah, I liked it because it's you know it was the it was the infestation of the dryads. I think he oh, said. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, and yeah. of course, it's the it's the classic formulation of an old Doctor Who episode, the blank of the blank yeah. thing. You know, it's like everything's got to be the blank of the blank. And yeah, that was that was really on the nose, just calling out the old TV show there, definitely. And do you think was he doing a Tom Baker impression? Because his voice shifted in my ears that I, 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 I think, I think he may have been going for Baker. I need to uh, watch it again to be sure. I was, I was, I was just kind of laughing just at the whole <laughs> reference to the old show. Clearly him trying to create this new monster and stuff and, you know, make it a thing. But, uh, which, oh you know, some, I'm sure some people were angry that it was too meta, but eh, I don't care. It was funny. I mean, I don't mind. The meta can be annoying sometimes, depending on how it's done. I didn't mind it in that particular case. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Sometimes meta does bother me. It's just partly the fact that Capaldi is a really hardcore Doctor Who geek who used to have his old Doctor Who zine when he was a teenager. It's like letting him geek out about it. It's like, yeah, that's fine. He can do that. Okay. You know? <laughs> 
yeah i think that's i think that's totally fine that that kind that and it's just such a it's just a moment it's not like exactly the whole thing it didn't it didn't didn't uh impinge on the episode or anything but uh but you know getting getting to the larger perspective of this episode in the season i'm beginning to wonder if we're hitting a theme because you know talking about the the mother and the son and everything in this you know, there's the part where he says, oh, wouldn't you do anything to save, you know, the person that brought you into the world? And of course, we've got the theme that's been running through the whole season of Bill's mother being dead, which makes oh, me yeah. wonder if we're going back, to, we're going to have another, you know, season one of Rose situation where she tries to save her father. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, because it's funny. I wasn't even making the connection between those two things. But when I saw the picture of her mother, I was like, oh, I wonder if the, they've shown her picture twice. I wonder if we're going to go and visit her and maybe potentially save yeah. her or find some dark secret out about her that is uh, yeah. you know, is maybe not such a good thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, for all we know, they could still be building like an impossible girl type scenario with Bill. Um, so I, I, I hope not. But, uh... <laughs> you know, but yeah, secret, they, they, she's the saving secretly, her mother well, situation. Maybe, maybe, you know, might what's the what's the device that, 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 that the Time Lords use when they want to sort of wipe their mind and assume a fake identity, like the pocket watch thing that. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I forget what the watch is called. Uh, it's got um... a name, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. what, if, what if she's in that kind of situation where she's really like a time lord or something that's, um, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's possible. Which the other weird thing they've done with, with uh, you know, this season too, of course, they had her calling him grandfather this episode. And in, I forget, one of the episodes, someone was calling him professor too. And Professor is the nickname that Ace had for the doctor. And, of course, Grandfather is what Susan, who was actually his granddaughter, called him. And they had her picture on the desk at the start of the season. Yeah, so it's it's interesting they're pulling out all these old nicknames. And, and, you know, and I mean, of course, and, of course, Susan was a Time Lord and Ace – it was, you know, that that whole storyline got cut short because the entire show got canceled. But he was basically training her to go to Time Lord Academy, basically, and become a Time Lord. So, you know, we've got we've got we've got references to two characters, one that's a Time Lord and one that was going to become a Time Lord. And so maybe that and, he, and of course, he's actually tutoring uh bill so that might all mean something well and he has said uh, peter capaldi has said that he he wants to he would like to see susan in the in the show i mean that's something you know so if uh you know if it's gonna happen you know now's the time now or never not not, (laughs) but not that they've really laid like they haven't really laid the groundwork i think for her being susan yet but it just would be an interest you know if if they were going to go sort of a timeless uh, uh, an impossible girl pathway, that would probably be the one storyline that I think would maybe be acceptable. Um, you know? Yeah, I mean, doing something with Susan would be okay. I mean, that would that would be fine. I don't I don't know if making Bill Susan would would work, but you know, but something along that line. Um, wow, well, so there's something else related to that. Um, man, I don't have it in my notes. But uh, I don't know. It might come back to me. 
but but yeah it's uh, so basically uh, you know we've got that's that's kind of a theme running through the season and of course we've got the vault we had more vault action and the vault was interesting because you had him whoever's in there i don't know if it's a him or her but whoever's in there was playing for elise and again Mm -hmm. back to the music and 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 he i think he brought chinese food or some kind of takeout and yeah uh, and, and he's clearly going into the vault and yeah. he's very familiar with it. So obviously my idea is not true unless it's like a really elaborate abstraction of, of the doctor's memories. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's probably not mine either because, uh, he was never particularly friendly with the Ronnie. So I don't, don't see that being, but was uh, that a friendly situation or was that just like two people who might not necessarily be friends, but, because he said we're both prisoners here, so maybe he's just trying True. to make the best of the situation. He doesn't necessarily have to like the person. True. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, basically the the obvious choice is still the master yeah. or Missy, as you know, who depending on which which actor we've got in there. But uh, it's you know that's still the obvious. But once again, I feel like because they went to so much trouble to promote this that he's coming back, Bill. You know, the, 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 not Bill, but that Sims is coming back as the Doctor and as the Master. Blah. I uh, I feel like I feel like it's a misdirect. It's like why promote it so much ahead of time and then keep it a mystery over the course of the season. So I I just wonder if they're messing with us and it's actually going to be someone else in there. Yeah, because it seems uh, too obvious. It seems even more obvious than the Missy thing because the Missy thing, people picked up on that pretty quickly. and mm-hmm. But it was still, I don't know, I, I think it was not as obvious as, as this just seems like if, if they go in there and it's the master, nobody's going to be surprised. Nobody's going to be no. surprised at all. So <laughs> I, 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 I think it's got to be a misdirect. But I don't know. Maybe maybe the maybe the ultimate misdirect is it can't possibly be the master, and it it is the master. So yeah, well, exactly. Could be a, a misdirect on a misdirect. That's why that might be something Moffat would actually do. But uh, but because yeah, the Missy thing was different with her name and her turning out to be the master. Because once again, that that was something most people seemed to catch on to, but it was the kind of thing when it was revealed, you're like, yes, I was right. But and people felt vindicated. But they I didn't think, feel like, yeah, I think with Missy though, that was something that that was the kind of thing people picked up on only in the age of the internet. Like I yes. would not have said, Oh, Missy, obviously mistress, obviously mess. Like, I uh-huh. mean, it sounds easy, but I don't think I would have made those connections necessarily without a million people online thinking it out and coming to the conclusion. It, this yeah. is different. I don't need the internet to know that 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 b- between the the marketing and the vault that the obvious choice is to have the master in there. So exactly, um, like, yeah. You know, it's yeah. Sometimes sometimes people do just go with the lamest surprise choice. I mean, you know, it's like to 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 be as oblique as I can about this season's Better Call Saul. It's like they they promoted the return of a character that was in breaking bad this season in better call Saul. And, you know, and it's like all, all the promotional materials, they were doing like special teaser videos and stuff with this character. And then they spent like the bulk of the first two episodes having, 
you know, Mike investigating who was behind something and like going through step after right. step of revealing who it was going to be. And then at the very end of the second episode, it's that character. It's like we, we all knew that character yeah, was showing up. Well, <laughs> I know this isn't a uh, Breaking Bad uh, podcast, but I haven't seen Better Call Saul yet. It's on that, was why I was, that was why I was I, vague. I've been, well, I don't care if you spoil it because I, I mean, I think anybody, I, I haven't seen any of the episodes and I knew exactly what, what was going to happen when you were talking. So um, uh-huh. I think, uh, but I, I like Breaking Bad and I thought that the, that character was one of the, you know, more compelling characters in the, in the series. Oh yeah. But yeah. that seems just like, um, I don't know. That's very disappointing to hear. Cause that seems like, like, Oh, it's a fantastic show. I uh-huh. this is like about one of the only missteps it's made. So okay. I don't want to run the show down. And, and the episodes did have other stuff going on, but mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, it's just because it, it, last night actually was one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen for Better Call Saul. So okay. it's it, yeah, if you like Breaking Bad, definitely check this show now, out. But, is that show more comedic because of the Bob Odenkirk character being the you know more main guy or is it's is got it, comedy to it, uh-huh. but it's it's not as comedic as I would have thought. Okay. It's, uh, Right. It, it it really it's really not afraid to get dark okay but, uh, okay that's interesting yeah because yeah. i've been yeah. curious about that i'm like you know that character he's a he's a very sort of sparkly funny character and um you know uh the, you know oh walter white is not at all uh, he's the complete no. opposite he's a very sort of you know curmudgeonly and 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 just humorless type of guy. So, um, so I was just was curious what the difference between the shows would be like as a result of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it plays very well. I mean, you know, for having just complained about having something where it, it kind of botched the fact you knew something, it plays very well with the expectation. You know exactly where Saul is going. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know what happens to him at the end of Breaking Bad, and yeah. it it uses that. It makes everything more powerful because you know where stuff is going. Okay, that's interesting. To, so, that's interesting. Yeah, and you know, and it, it and it does. It actually has scenes from after Breaking Bad that kind of pop up every now and then. The whole show is basically a flashback mm-hmm. from after Breaking Bad. So I get you. It's you so know, does the it, plot also kind of advance beyond the point of the of the first show as well because of that like you have somebody flashbacking who's in the present and it's it's it only only by a minuscule amount we've had like you know it's like basically more towards the beginning and end of seasons you kind of see some stuff happening in you know the future of breaking bad but you know i, I wouldn't say there have been any major plot developments but i i they've entirely set it up where the show could at some point just flash forward and just be taking place in that time frame we'll see okay but uh, yeah but, but so i so oh sorry on the vault though what do you think would be the like for you what would be the most satisfying like not forget what's the most surprising was what would be the most satisfying in terms of story for you honestly um i mean honestly satisfying would be something that the most satisfying would be something i'm not expecting so Mm -hmm. it's a hard question to answer it's like okay it's 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 an impossible one because it would be it would be something that made sense and I didn't see coming, which yeah. is wow, you know, because obviously it's not going to be satisfying. If it's just some random person we've never heard of. It's like, oh, it's 
it's Joe. Okay. <laughs> Joe was in the vault, whoever he is. So that, you know, that would be unsatisfying. So yeah, they've kind of set themselves up for a really tough game here, you know? Yeah. Cause they uh, are really building the expectation. And if the contents don't match the, you know, what people have imagined in their minds, it's going to be, it might be like a letdown for people. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, I guess, I guess, for me, I don't know what would be the most satisfying, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, because it's sort of, it's, you're, 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 you're right. It's really more about what I can't yet imagine would be in there is what I want to be in there. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's the. <laughs> it's like, I want to be surprised, but in a, in no, a I way will that say it's this. in the if, larger it opens context. And Timothy Dalton is in there. I'll be very satisfied. I think um, that, if that they brought work. back that, in, that, that is a character I feel got so shortchanged in the series in terms of screen time um and yeah you, you know well, and timothy it was dalton's it, fantastic you know you could just even bring yeah it's like you can't go wrong with bringing back timothy dalton that would uh <laughs> but just the character the way he played the character like it was like 10 uh-huh. minutes of just i just that was one of the, my favorite moments in the show ever and it was like yeah. all of 10 minutes and then and then you have this crusty old guy replace him down there and just like it just i don't know no, just his, you know, his first speech when you see him for the first time in the show, and he's giving the speech, and the spittle's just flying out <laughs> yeah. of his mouth at the camera. It's like, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. But uh, yeah, I think that 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 was one of Timothy Dalton's greatest roles, along with his role in Hot Fuzz. Those are like the pinnacles of his. Yeah, career. he was good enough. I actually, I have to admit, I liked him in James Bond. Uh, oh, he was. He's, good he's, James not, Bond. he's not a popular yeah. choice, I know, but like. He was the first James Bond I saw in the theater as a kid. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and and I remember my dad really liked him because my dad yeah. was so fed up with um, Moore. was it Roger Moore? Who just yeah. I mean, he was a great Bond. Obviously, people love him, but Moore uh-huh. was more of like a playboy type character, and my dad really liked the darker Bond because I, I guess the books are darker. <laughs> Yeah, Timothy and, Dalton was probably about the best book Bond, I would say. <laughs> and so for me, that was kind of definitive. So I actually liked him as Bond, even though he was only like, he only got like two, I think two movies. And the second movie totally blew. Um, yeah. It had, I, I think there was a shark. There were two really bad things. There was a shark in it. Like they got a great white shark and fed people to it. And and somebody got killed by an elevator, I think. Not an elevator, uh, uh, <laughs> one of those sliding glass doors. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, like, you know, shorted out and killed somebody, and it was a nah. little bit ridiculous. Yeah, I I was about the uh, the right my my age as far as Bond worked out well, being a little older than you because I was a kid during the Roger Moore years, and like if you're if you're a kid, the Roger Moore Bonds are like about the best because they're really pretty goofy for the most part and it's like they work they, they work really well as like kids action films well, no i mean i remember because because when i was a kid i did see james bond on the uh on hbo and stuff it's just the first one i saw in the theater was the yeah was the dalton one but i do remember yeah. like though i forget which one it was but i think there's one of more where he's up on the golden gate bridge in the final moments of the film and uh and you know i remember that one being on hbo that was- yeah, was that, yeah. Was that a they, James Bond? I'm pretty sure there was one like that. Unless I'm that, that was one of the Dalton ones. I don't know. Maybe you know what? I could be mixing it up with a movie like Remo Williams or something. For all I know. Yeah, but, my, I, I my memories are pretty jumbled. I, I remember the there Bond being films. a Roger Moore Bond where the Golden Gate Bridge somehow was part of the the action, yeah. but I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm not saying there isn't. I, I can't. I can't place that one. I, uh, for some reason, I, I picture. Uh, 
a view to a kill, I think, had San Francisco in it, I'm thinking. But I don't know. I, I'm pretty hazy on it. But I remember but, uh, I remember as a kid, though, I remember liking Sean Connery, mainly because mm-hmm. I saw a lot of the Sean Connery Bonds when I was growing up. Um, and I liked Dalton. But I think just as a fact, maybe just because my dad didn't really care for more, I didn't see that much. I didn't. I mean, I saw it, but it wasn't like it wasn't yeah. getting praise in the household, so it just didn't. Uh, <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, uh, no, it didn't I, sink in with me. I, I uh, basically, you know, Dalton came along right as I was getting into my teenage years, so it was right at the point where I'm like, oh, I'm ready for a gritty Bond mm-hmm. here. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Octopussy was about the point where it was like I was getting old enough that I'm like. Okay, and it, and the, the more movies are getting dumb enough that I was like, yeah, okay, this is this is getting too goofy for me, and so Dalton came along at the right time, and yeah, see, I I didn't like Sean, I mean, I didn't dislike him, but I wasn't that into the Sean Connery ones when I was like, you know, single digit age because they were too serious for okay, me. Okay, well, you know what it was yeah. too. My uncle showed me the the uh like Doctor No and the classic uh, Bonds mm-hmm. with um with Sean Connery. And so it was kind of, I was watching it, but it was also being explained to me by an adult is like this, you know, this is John Connery. Like you gotta, you know, you know, this is like yeah. the best Bond ever. So, 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 so there was probably that influence on my mind too. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I the, didn't have anyone molding my Bond taste. <laughs> I was just developing, uh, you know, this kid going, wow, there's a lot more wacky, you know, it's like Roger Moore goes into space and, I, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. I do remember, I mean, I, I definitely remember that aspect of the Roger Moore era. That's definitely something that's distinct about it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the, the Timothy Dalton, one, I actually had the best, the, the most memorable viewing experience ever. There's a whole story behind this, which I don't have time to get into, but just remind <laughs> me one day to give my Bakersfield story. But, okay. but we were trapped in Bakersfield on vacation for many days because of a card that broke down. And we went to go watch James Bond in the theater after like three days of no shower, no, like just, you know, just a, you know, trapped in Bakersfield, which is like a dusty, uh-huh. hot Californian town. And yeah, there was a sandstorm and, and the, and the movie cut out midway through. And I remember walking out to the lobby and it was just like plumes of, of, of black cloud. And I had never wow. seen a sandstorm before. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and I, so, you know, that was my, so like, you know, like, so it kind of like burned that, that that bond episode in my mind but yeah i uh my most exciting theater experience uh would be there was a fire in the theater when i saw beetlejuice so oh, that really? was exciting That's it, actually... it was only like a small one but, okay you know. did, so did you have to because i mean they have uh, the whole your whole life you see those fire exits at the end of the movie theater did you actually make yeah use of yeah them? i had to go out the fire exit <laughs> yeah and it, it was it was that as the credits were were just about to roll so i just missed like the last couple minutes well i mean i saw it as i was walking out it's like oh i've got to leave for the fire but i'm just gonna dawdle a bit and you know catch the very end of the movie and you know did it affect but, your uh your impression of the film do you think probably not actually i don't know i really liked that movie the first time i saw it and uh i you know i mean you know man i meant i had more more excitement going you know i mean i was like a teenager and it's like cool there was a fire in the theater it was awesome but uh you know, I don't know. I, I don't think it really affected my impression of it. Yeah, that was an odd uh, movie. That was a very. I remember when that one came out. That was a very unusual movie. Even at yeah, that um, was back before I really had an idea of who Tim Burton was and wasn't sick of him yet. So well, because that was um, what he had done, like the Black Cauldron, and I don't, I don't. Did he do anything? Black before? Cauldron. 
Didn't Did he, he do? I don't know. You know what? I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to um, give people incorrect information. So I know. He, I know he worked for Disney. So I mean, he might have worked on the Black I Culture. I, sworn, I'm not saying he didn't. I just had no idea. Um, I thought that was his thing. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, I don't see. Yeah, the first thing. The first thing of his I saw, of course, was uh, was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That, uh, oh, bit. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, and, I'm not uh, seeing. I, I, just, I just for clarification, I'm not seeing his name when I'm looking up the block, black cauldron, but I've always heard him associated with that for some reason. So I don't know. But, Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look I've never it. actually seen the black cauldron. I think that came out when I was living in Kuwait. So it's kind of I've got this I've got this cultural black hole and like from like 81 to 84 where okay. I kind of I kind of missed pop culture. And I think black cauldron came out during that time i loved the black cult when i was a kid i was like this is like what i want to see like this is the best yeah. thing ever but apparently it did horrible or it turned people off or something and yeah never really got any more like that was like okay no more black cauldrons for anybody um no but no, I, I read all the books too i loved the books i read the whole book the terran assistant pig keeper series it's like so you know the fact i haven't seen that movie is amazing because mm. it's like it's like wow, a, a Disney cartoon that came out when I was a kid about a series of books I liked, and no, nope, never saw it. Well, and it probably hasn't held up. Do you know, like I, I haven't seen it since yeah. I was a kid, so I have no idea what it looks like now. But um, but mm -hmm. I just remember being stunned by it as, as when I was that age. Um, yeah, and it's a but, Disney cartoon. It's probably got some redeeming characteristics to it. So, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess Pee Wee's Big Adventure would, be, and that that was a bizarre movie too. But. But even that, I don't know, that felt um, a little more in line with some of the 80s goofiness that was going on. Like it wasn't, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't as Tim Burton-y as Beetlejuice. No, um, Beetlejuice is the first full Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean that because, yeah, it was, it was, you know, that was Tim Burton doing a Pee-wee and a Phil Hartman movie. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Beetlejuice was like nothing I had ever seen before at all. <laughs> But, but and I don't know how yeah. did we get into Beetlejuice. What was the what was the point we were leap, leaping? Fires, so my oh, yeah. fire and your okay. dust storm. So that yeah, was how. so 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 there must have been some tangential point about. Yeah, that was that was quite but, a drift. But but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I did also. Um, I like I said, I, I kind of like the ensemble group in this one, and I'm really in. I'm really enjoying Bill a lot as a companion at this point. Like I, yeah. know I said early on, I liked her. Um, but I don't have any complaints about her and I, and I was really not expecting to like her. So to me, that's, a um, that was kind of a big surprise how well they did her that, character. That seems to be a very popular opinion. And also everyone expected not to like her because yeah. they promoted her so poorly in that, that early preview. She just seemed like really obnoxious. Yeah. And she isn't, she isn't obnoxious at all. No, <laughs> no. I think, I think they were, tr I don't know what they were trying to do with the marketing with her, but they were almost like, they were almost presenting it like like we're going to give you like an unlikable companion or something like, like something like, like not like somebody who's just kind of grading or, um, and, and she's been re really great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, she's, she's very likely going to be one of my favorites. So, and I could definitely see that. I know they're not going to do this, but I could totally see them doing a second season with her and Capaldi. I think that like, uh, you know, an, an additional season with them two would be totally fine by me. Um, I would be fine with it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's probably not going to happen. We're probably not going to see either of them. But 
Oh, wow. I mean, I guess having one, I mean, you know, Donna was a one season companion and she's one of the favorites. So maybe that's the way to go. If you want to, if you want to be a highly regarded companion, get out quick before people start hating you. Who are your favorite companions? Um, you know, the, uh, let's see the, the, I mean, Baker had some of the best ones. I, I like, uh, both Leela and Sarah Jane. I, I like, uh, God, why am I drawing a blank on his name now? The uh, the guy companion from uh, man, I'm saying he's yeah, I like this one a lot, but uh, I don't know his name. Uh, the well, let me, let me go on with it though. But uh, you know, the one thing too to bring up with Sarah Jane that it's kind of funny. You know, it's like we've watched Genesis of the Daleks, and I I've watched Ark in Space, which you know we're planning on talking about at some point, and it's so funny that both those episodes like are good episodes but they're both ones where they keep they keep baker and sarah jane split up and it's like they're they have a really great chemistry together and genesis and the daleks despite being a great episode totally squanders the fact that you know they're two characters that work really well together i think sometimes uh, that split can help though like in this episode they were split up a little bit like she was doing her thing and he was doing hers yeah and then when they come back together, the chemistry is more apparent, if that makes sense. It's a good point. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I was kind of interested to get your perspective as someone that's new to the uh, new, new to, to some, well, not new to it, but, you know, newer series. Haven't, has, newer, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, but yeah, I like them. And uh, as far as new who goes, uh, Donna, like I said, Donna, it was probably the most consistently good companion. She never went through any any rough patches really well I, I could runaway bride she seemed really obnoxious in runaway bride but that kind of worked to it to the show's advantage when she came back and it kind of changed well, what i liked about her as a companion too is she felt like a real person and her mm-hmm. her issues as a character were very relatable so all the obnoxious stuff about her what it felt like it was coming from a place of frustration with her life that actually made sense it wasn't just this sort of screeching person that was uh, you know, which is being obnoxious to be obnoxious. Um, so, yeah. so I felt she, like I, could, I, I don't know. I just felt like she was somebody that was easy to connect to as a companion. Um, yeah. And, and her, you know, Wilf seemed like a really relatable character too. That oh, she that's right. Yeah, I guess would you, would you classify him as a companion though? Or would you, uh, um, I think he, I think, I think the rule is, has somebody traveled in the TARDIS? So I'm okay. trying to remember, did he travel in the TARDIS at any point? I know he was in space at some point They during the, the, the last episode with him. So I, I think he probably did travel in the TARDIS. Okay. So I think, I think he just squeaks in as a companion, but I wasn't really bringing him in the point of companion by saying, but he was a boost to Donna because he was yeah. part of Donna's family as opposed to like, you know, Martha was a good companion, but her family, it's like, you know, her family was just mainly annoying, yeah. you know. I, like, I liked Martha a lot. I, thought I liked Martha good. a lot, too, but I was saying her family didn't add anything to the show. No, yeah, and I think I think the thing that, and, and that contributed to what I'm talking about, where, like, she was, a, I, I found Donna to be probably the most sympathetic of the companions. Mm-hmm. And, and having the, you know, the loving grandfather like that, that, you know, that just makes that even work exactly <laughs> yeah it really cemented her as a as a person and you know and her and her mother who was kind of unlikable at times she was still you know very realistic you like really bought her as a person she uh-huh. wasn't she wasn't the the mother who's a pain just because it's a plot point 
But uh <laughs> And it's funny too because the the companions during you know this period like from you know Amy on of their families have largely been inconsequential. Um, yeah. It's uh, I mean yeah. well with Bill it looks like it might, I mean in her character is kind of baked in because she's like a you know her uh you know her mom died but um but they but they definitely seem to be more background whereas with like Rose the mom was like all over the place yeah and, uh, and yeah. like you said like you know uh you know Donna and all that but um yeah I think Rose's mother got better as a character like you know in the pilot she's just kind of this really obnoxious character but then it's like you know through through uh some of the episodes like love and monsters and stuff i think i think really used her very well okay but but yeah that she uh she was she was hit or miss uh and martha had the best departure of any doctor i think you know it's like when she just decides she's you know gonna leave she's gonna leave the leave the tardis and go do her own thing and she's not gonna wait around forever that was that was a good departure because it you know it's like she didn't have some tragic departure like they feel like they have to give just about every companion yeah. these days it's well, like she, she just decided she was done she also got a moment to be heroic too which was good um, yes yes and but yeah it's like i said I, I i think she was one of the better companions but the show just didn't always use her very well and i i think amy was i i actually liked amy a lot in the first season mm-hmm. but they they had more and more I don't know that the plots just kind of got a little more convoluted and they, I don't know. I feel like that character wasn't as strong at the end. Yeah. I, I think I agree. Cause I do remember her being stronger in the, the first, and I, I mean, I liked her, but like I did, she could be annoying at times. And a lot of, and a lot of what made her <laughs> annoying wasn't her. It was, it was like the, the sassy dialogue that, that felt like, do you know what I mean? It felt like, yeah. it felt like something, I think I, I we must've mentioned this last time, but if to me, it felt like the kinds of quips people make during a role-playing game. Um, yeah. That, that no real person would ever make in that situation. And, and there's room, there's room in a show like this for, for quips and for one-liners, but they had, those just to me, they sounded a little too, they, they were just too at the level of gamer quips and not at the level of you know it, it just kind of pulled me out whenever like i i think one where it really stuck out at me and i don't even remember what she said but she said something during dinosaurs in a spaceship where she was holding a gun and she said something that again i, I could picture it in a role-playing game but i couldn't picture it in a movie or a tv show or in a real situation um, yeah yeah but uh but she no, also it's... had some great episodes what was the episode where she um where she aged. Uh, she was oh the girl, the girl who waited. Yeah, the girl yeah. who waited. That was a that good, was fantastic. That was, yeah. And that was largely that was largely just her, wasn't it? I mean, the, the the doctor I think was not as present in that episode. No, that was that was yeah, that was one actually where he really wasn't around. So they remember if you remember they had him using like he was kind of using uh, some kind of glasses to communicate with people mm-hmm. and was just on the TARDIS. That was because that was an episode where he basically had his vacation and he just kind of came in and shot a couple, did a couple of shots from the TARDIS and, 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 and let them do the rest of the episode. And to me, that one was good too, because it kind of had sort of, to me, it had sort of a something, there was something hitchhiker's guide or, yeah, or, it felt, um, or red dwarf about it. Just like it every- felt, it felt very seventies BBC science fiction. Yeah. It really did. Uh, it was, it handled that well. But uh, yeah, as far as, as background production stuff, another thing that's interesting with Amy is that 
the very first episode they shot was actually The Beast Below, which is the second episode. Which you, and, you like that episode, right? Because I think you've mentioned it like a few times on the show. I've mentioned it because it's been. I, I do like the episode. It's just. It's just. I, I. I brought it up just from the standpoint that we keep getting things that refer to it, like Ark mm. in Space refers to it, Smile refers to it, mm. and uh, well, I'm sorry, it refers to Ark in Space, yeah. not the other. But yeah, it's just. It's just. It's a very. You know, it is connected to a lot. Oh, that's right. And also the, the creature thing under the lake was like Beast Below in uh, the Thin Ice. So it's just, it keeps tying into into lots of episodes this season. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, I know some people don't, but I, I and, it, and it isn't a perfect episode, but uh, I, I, I do like it. Mm. But, but the point being that it's actually the first episode they shot with Matt Smith and, uh, um, and and um amy i'm blanking on the oh uh, karen gillen and her performance in that is so much more subtle than it will ever be again because oh, it's kind of okay. funny because the actual first you know the first episode that's aired where you know you they introduce her and everything was one of the was the was the last stuff they shot because they shot the last episode and the first episode at the same time they all you know they took place at amy's house you know there are a lot of the same locations so in the very first episode you see with amy she's been doing it for a whole season she's been playing the part a whole season she's already kind of ramped up to Mm -hmm. that more kind of obnoxious level Mm -hmm. but i kind of like that more subtle version of amy you see in beast below where it's like she's not you know, she's not full bore, you know, quippy in your face, Amy. And yeah. it's it, you can kind of you can kind of see the performance develop when you uh, look okay. at it from that angle. And I think, and I mean, to be fair, I think she was very popular. I think it's just that there was maybe, oh yeah, I think it was maybe too much of that trait. I think I think if they just toned it down a little bit, I would. So, like I said, I didn't. It's not that I disliked the character. I just found that aspect of it kind. Of, kind of, by by the time they left, I was not. You know, I was I was ready for them to go because of you know because of that because Rory coming back a lot you know like like all you know some of the things just kind of it's like okay let's move on from here Um, yeah but uh, but yeah I don't know I I think I think that's also just how things operate people get into the character and it and and the performance will intensify naturally over time as they find the the traits that they want to exaggerate I guess I don't know much about acting so I don't know how how the process works but but like uh-huh. if i think of like like you know like it seems like matt smith he sort of eased into the role and then the, the sort of definitive matt smith version of the doctor was like you know <laughs> later on do you know what i mean and yeah you know, well i mean to, to, as someone that's done some acting the term that we throw around a lot for that is people have a shtick and okay. it's like the things you do, it's like the things Matt Smith would do as the doctor or the things that Amy would do to be Amy. And it's like you need to become really conscious of, of like sliding into the shtick as an actor because it's real easy to have these standard mm. gestures or a way of saying things that are your thing. And it's because the audience is going to get sick of it. OK, uh, but now yeah. is that something now I'm curious, is that something that because in some cases I can see it being good, like some of the shtick yeah. that Matt Smith had. I say that's that's you know quintessential Matt Smith. That's sort of like what I think of yeah. when I think of that doctor. But I can also see what you're saying. It would get you know if you're constantly doing the same thing, you can kind of have the Fonzie effect. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like I said, you got you need. I'm not saying never use your shtick. You need to be conscious of your shtick. You have to be thinking, okay, am I just robotically doing you know the same kind of thing again? You know, you kind of you kind of pull back and find 
you know, kind of, kind of find, you know, play it in the moment, but also have those things too. It's, it's a balancing act. Okay. Now, but would that be something that the director, like would, 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 uh, would would Moffat be like, Hey, you know, Matt, I want you to do way more of that because that totally worked. Is that, that's, that's a huge issue is yeah. A lot of times in both directions, because, You know, sometimes someone will be good because the the director's going, "Hey, you're 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 kind of leaning into your shtick here. How about you pull that back mm. a bit?" Because, you know, a good tip for acting often is, you know, act act the biggest you can because it's always easier for the director to say, "Hey, tone it down." Than mm-hmm. for the you know, if you do everything really subtle, the director doesn't know where to direct you to. It's easier okay. to say, "Hey, hey, hey, pull that down a bit." No, but uh, do you yeah. Think- do you think that we're maybe too aware? Like, obviously, you're aware of it because you you have an acting background. But but someone mm-hmm. like me, I shouldn't be aware of that necessarily. Do you know what I mean that shouldn't if, be something if, that's if, on my radar? If you're, if, and, when the audience and, is picking up on the yeah. shtick, you're you're overdoing it. <laughs> but, but I guess what I'm saying is our audience is more savvy now because, like, you know, I'm thinking sure. of like like cracked, like you know, everybody reads things like that online that'll have yeah. like you know, here are the seven things that this actor is like always super good at like, like this is their one, I guess it's like a shtick, but like things, there are things about movies and the movie industry that regular movie viewers 10 years ago wouldn't have had any clue about, but now we're just more aware of. And I'm wondering if it's perhaps ruining some of the experience for us because the writers, I mean, obviously if I go on the internet to an internet discussion and I bring up, Oh man, you know, you know, Matt Smith was really doing this thing here with his shtick. Everyone that reads that is going to next time they watch him is they're going to see yeah. it. <laughs> and so, and the thing is, those people wouldn't have known. Like they'll they'll then go to other people and be, oh yeah, Matt Matt Smith, he exactly. does the shtick thing. It's a you virus. Know, but but <laughs> but they have no expertise. They just acquired it from you. They're just aping you. It's sort of like the lens flare thing. Like nobody. <laughs> Nobody picked up on lens flare that didn't know about. Do you know what I mean? No, like, like, I know you, that you know kills I mean? me. It it's was, like it's not that big a deal, guys. It, Come on. And, and 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 so it's just like and and and, and I don't know. I, I I wonder if we're like ruining it. It, it kind of goes back to my whole thing about I kind of like it. One of the things I like about Moffat is he he doesn't give people what they want necessarily. I think he's aware of the debates online. But he seems to deliberately kind of be like, well, F you, you know, I'm going to we're going to do what we want to do. And yeah. that might upset people, but that's that's just how it's going to be done. And I'm sure there's some stuff that's filtering in and affects things. But I just get the impression between, say, this show versus The Walking Dead. He's a lot more resistant to that than that's important. You know, I agree. Yeah. I think I think you need to you, you need creators who will really just do what they want to do nowadays because mm-hmm. it is too easy just to look on the internet and go, what, what are fans saying and react to it? And that, that fans, fans never want what they say they want. Never. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and it's just, I don't know. I just feel like, um, I, it's, yeah, it's kind of like what I was saying about, like, I, I, I devise some dream scenario with the Valyard in the, in the, yeah. in the vault. And it would probably be awful. It would probably be absolutely terrible. Um, you know, cause I don't, I don't write for Dr. Who. I've never thought once about all of the different things that can be disrupted from a single plot. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I've never had to deal with any of the consequences of, of, of devising a storyline for Dr. Who. And, and so, yeah, well, have they ever mentioned the Valyard in the new series at all? At they all? mentioned him. Yeah. They've mentioned him a couple of times. Uh, I know that they mentioned him. 
at the end of the Impossible Girl arc where, um, what was his name? The Great Intelligence, where he had mentioned yeah. the Doctor's various names and he included the Valyard among okay. them. I can't yeah. remember. If it it must have come up. I, I Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. I, I feel like it it's come up, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, that, that, man, that, that, yeah that, that episode with the Great Intelligence, it's like such a mix of like things that were intriguing and things I absolutely hated that I, I, I just have trouble going back and watching that episode. So okay. that's kind of why I forgot. But uh... <laughs> yeah, well that whole season, that first season with Clara, I don't think that was the first season with her, right? That was season what? Seven I think that something? was her first season. Yeah. yeah. It was like a half season, I think, but that I enjoyed that season, but it's not one that I think gets a lot of great rewatch value for me. Um, no, no, and, uh, and, and, and it's like cool. I, I like the idea of the TARDIS getting big because it was dying and the outside was becoming, you know, it was kind of mm. as big as the inside. It's like, that's a really cool idea. But that, for every good idea, there's just something I'm like, this it's just a mess. I yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people had mixed reactions to that, uh, to that storyline. I, I, I did like the, the Capaldi episodes following that, especially last season. Last season I thought was yeah. the best. Um, mm-hmm. Especially for me, that that last what was second to last episode. Um, what was it? I can't remember the name of the episode, but the, uh, the oh yeah, the one where he was uh, going through the same the Groundhog Day episode. Yeah, basically. yeah I like that one a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm blanking on the name too, but yeah, that was that was fantastic. That was just perfect. But uh, yeah, and I, I you know once again I I. I, I I had issues with the finale of that season, but I didn't hate it. I just was like, eh, now, what, okay. what, what, what issues did you have with the, the finale? I, I just thought the doctor really kind of overreacted to Clara dying and him basically being willing to kind of rip the whole universe yeah. apart. It's just, I just didn't feel that is something the doctor should do, you know? It just, okay. Okay. It's like, okay, you know, he lost the companion. He's going to be upset, but, He's not. He's not going to risk destroying the universe over it. No, and I guess he's lost a lot of companions and hasn't exactly you know, he's never really reacted that way to it. Um, exactly. I just didn't I mean, feel that was earned. I guess you could make an argument that that's just this particular doctor's personality, maybe. But yeah, he hasn't been could, that way since, but... so I don't know. Um, no, he's a, he's a pretty cold, unemotional doctor, so it yeah. just didn't didn't feel right, and it just. It's like I don't know. You you've brought that you brought the time lords kind of back into the story, and I felt that was a really I don't know. It just felt like kind of a waste of having them around. Okay. I don't know. I I just it didn't work for. I mean, give it, it by itself having a season end with Clara kind of getting her own TARDIS and you know writing off with Arya Stark was that was fine. I was okay with that by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, her getting to be her own doctor. I just. I didn't feel I need to go through the whole her dying and him bringing her back through a crazy process to get there. That's okay, all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have to admit I didn't even think about that when that happened. That wasn't even. Um, it just didn't even occur to me that it was out potentially out of character. But I get. I guess it. It, it is. Uh, yeah. I just. You know. Like I said, I didn't hate the episode. It was just something that that bugged me. And. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's 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 uh, it's it's what it goes back to the thing that. 
I think I think it's partly because we just have Doctor Who written by Doctor Who fans now. They have trouble conceiving of someone ever choosing to just leave the Doctor and go do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, she's got to die and kind of come back as like, you know, with a secret identity he can't remember. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we can possibly have her leave. And it's like, oh, I you get know, you. It's well, like, no, I mean, people can leave for all kinds of reasons, you know? I think, too, I think that it was partly complicated by the fact, if I remember, the season before she was she wanted to leave, and then she decided not to, so they changed the Christmas episode. That's true, and so that's true. They weren't able, it wasn't like, if they if she wasn't going to leave, they, they might have had an easier time building a case for what happened at the end of this, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, over the course of the first yeah. season because they would have been planning it but it kind of came up as a surprise and they had to work with what they had i suppose but um yeah but i mean you know even even then it's like the you know the, the if, if they had ended at the previous season with you know the time slip and everything and him coming back and her being old and stuff that that still would have gone to the case of oh it's got to be a big tragedy when mm-hmm. a companion leaves they can't they can't just go hey i'm gonna go do this you know it's like you know romana it's like romana left to go do crazy stuff in another dimension and be a be a hero there that's that's fine that's great you know mm-hmm. that's you know she could just go do that but uh you know and like you know getting back to martha 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 just chose to go do her own thing and it's like that's fine you know but the it's like it seems like they think they just can't conceive of anyone ever wanting to leave. Well, I mean, as much as I like Capaldi and I like Clara, I do think they had uh, a little bit of uh, a challenge sort of getting on, on, on the footing down for their, their dynamic initially. Mm -hmm. Um, They did. And so, and it wasn't even that like, I wouldn't have minded if they kind of committed to the direction they went, but they kind of went one way, then went another. And it just sort of, I don't know. It did feel a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I think, um, I didn't mind the, the last episode I, I liked, but I really did not like the Rassilon that we got. I, I just felt it was such a pale comparison to, to yeah. Dalton. it was, it was really, yeah. it was just like, we had this great, like larger than life performance. And now we, we literally have like this, this feeble old man who, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. even remember who the actor was. He's probably a great actor. And I'm probably disrespecting him tremendously by saying this, but it it just it just didn't cut it for me. Um, yeah, that was my that, biggest disappointment with that episode. Was that and that that, that yeah, that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about the the Time Lords, uh, you know, kind of being ill used. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, the Time Lords are back. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, nah, they're just kind of people. He can just run in there and screw with them and do his thing and run away, and there's no consequence. And well, I guess that's the other thing. I mean, are we going to have Time Lord stuff? again now is that like that hasn't really come up but i don't think it i don't think they even know because okay. <laughs> it would seem kind kind of important i i mean um yeah but i don't know i don't know we'll see what happens what do we know what the uh next episode is gonna be? I, again they're doing these the, the trailers are always during the class I, thing so i'm always missing the trailers yeah. now class class comes on and i just turned it off and i well i dvr'd it this week anyway because i was out of town but uh yeah i so i i didn't even have the option of watching the uh the next week but honestly i prefer to avoid previews if i can just because i you know it's a lot of times you, even if it doesn't give plot away it's like oh you see all the cool special effects that are going to be in that next episode you know and so yeah i have no clue what next week is going to be about 
So I'm useless for speculation. All right. I guess we'll have to next time. I'll I'll, I'll make a point of watching the uh, the the preview next time, so I have some some basis. Yeah, I'll I, I'll watch it next week too. I'll uh, I'll make a point of that. I guess I'll uh, DVR class just so I can uh, have the preview in there. But the uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, do you have any Do you have any um, other predictions for the season after this episode or? Um, like I said uh, earlier, my predictions. I I've got there's the theme of her referring to, you know, Ace and uh, Susan. You know, especially the nicknames that have been used. I think that's that's a significant probably. And just I, there's definitely going to be something happening with her, uh, with her mother at some point, and they're trying to save her mother. I think, but beyond that, that's all I got. Now, just one question: Was there ever a character who pl- that you remember playing for Elise? In, in the past? No, I I couldn't. I was I was trying to think of any. You know, I'm like, is there a character called Elise or? Well, the woman's name you know, was, was it Eliza? Was that the the dryad's name? uh what was her name wasn't it eliza or am i misremembering i, I don't remember i don't remember it might have been eliza i i don't, I th- don't have that in hand i thought it was i don't know if i could find the name right here um yeah eliza it was eliza but i mean eliza elise i don't know and i can't really see how they would connect her to, to yeah that, that's, that would be that's, weird it's um, probably just a coincidence that it happened but uh but yeah, the, no, the music the music meant nothing to me. Or I, the person in the vault is aware of what happened. Oh, that could be it. Yeah, that's interesting. It could be a clue that they're they know more about what's going on than anything else. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, all right. So we we've been going on for like an hour and ten minutes. So I'm going to end it here. And Sounds good. We'll, we'll be back uh, next time with um. What, what's the what's the next episode that we're doing? Uh, next episode is the Ark in Space. Okay, I so the classic one. Yeah, or... yeah, that, the classic one. So we'll be doing that, and then we'll be doing the uh, the regular Saturday one. And we should have Nick with us for the Ark in Space. So, all right, we will talk to you later. Yeah!